0: Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. Revelation chapter number 12 and verse 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. And prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength, the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They love not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. But I want to direct your attention back to verse 7, and this is where I want to lift our subject here this morning beginning part of verse 7 and there was war in heaven and there was war in heaven and the Bible says of the Lord in verse 9 he cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him speaking of the Lord casting out the devil amen I want to preach there was war in heaven There was war in heaven. I want the Holy Ghost to help us today. How many wants the Holy Ghost to help you? How many wants the Holy Ghost to help you today, strengthen you, minister in your life? Why don't you lift up your hands and your voices along with me and let's pray together. The Lord would have his way in this house. Jesus, we are praying once again that you would move, you would minister, that your perfect and sovereign will would be done in this room today. I pray that you would minister to every heart, every life, every individual, every person that is gathered in the sound of my voice. I pray that you would give them exactly what they need from your word. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Would you clap your hands to him again? How about lifting up your voice and giving him praise? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. I feel like it's very important, especially in these last days that we're living in, I feel an incumbent, I feel the need of talking more about heaven, preaching and teaching more about heaven. In fact, I think it's something that has grown absent from our conversation, something that we do not uh, think about as often as we used to. I suppose that it's because of the many blessings that we have and the goodness that we have living here on this earth. And I certainly don't want any of those blessings to be taken away. But I don't want to lose my focus, my eternal focus, and that is that Sunday, Eastern Clouds are going to part, and a trumpet is going to sound. And the Bible said the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And we which are alive and remain, when that trumpet sounds, are going to be caught up together with them in the clouds. And it goes on to say, so shall we ever be with the Lord. I want to keep that in my focus. I want to keep that upon my thoughts. We must know what we can about heaven. It's not a figment of our imagination. It's not just some sensational fairy tale or story, but it's God's promise to his people. It is a child of God's reward. It is a place of hope in eternal life. It is not it's not a place of tears and sorrow as many of us have experienced in this world. But the Bible tells me that in heaven there be no more tears. It's a place that is absent of all sorrow. There is no threat of death in heaven. Songs have been written about it. They say things like all is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day. What a glorious day. That will be. Can I stop and say that indeed it's going to be a glorious day. When we go to meet Jesus. We've felt his presence. We've experienced his spirit. We've had so many of his blessings. And it's been tangible things. But to look on his face. And to behold him that saved us. And that gave us this opportunity to be in this house this morning. What a glorious day that's going to be. Brother Carl McKellar, who pastored for many years in Indiana, uh, he is also the son-in-law of Brother N.A. Urshan, who was uh, the leader or uh, general superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church for many years. And Brother Urshan, uh, he had a daughter that was married. Her name was Sharon married to Brother Carl McKellar, and they pastored there in Indiana. And she, at a very young age, contracted cancer. And at just 43 years old, she passed away because of this dreaded disease. And it was a very devastating thing for this family because, of course, they had hoped for a miracle. And everybody was gathered in the room when she was expected to pass. And Brother Carl McKellar was holding her hand and I remember hearing this story and it moved me and he said as he was holding her hand those that were witnessing when she drew her last breath and uh, passed from this life and stepped into the glory world. the uh, The Bible tells us that when we reach that place, that resting place, that there is peace. There may have been struggle There may have been disease that preceded that and all the treatment and all of the pain and all the suffering that goes with it. But when she crossed that chilly Jordan, something happened. And Brother Carl McKellar, when she drew her last breath, he fell back, lifted up his hands and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of the Lord gave him the utterance. And he did for a very long time. It wasn't just a little while, but he was lost in the spirit for a very long time. And finally, when uh, he, he came back around, they asked him, said, what, what happened there? Uh, it is obvious that you had a deep spiritual experience. What took place? And why were you caught up in the spirit for such a long time? He said, well, you would have had to have seen what I saw. He said, when she drew her last breath, He said, it was like the Lord opened up my eyes and I saw her walking through a gate. And on the post of that gate was written, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more tears, oh, no more fears about death. Amen. Praise God. I'm telling you, we need to talk more about heaven, folks. We need to encourage one another about heaven. You know, we preach a lot about prayer in this place, and I think that it's important that we preach about prayer and that all of us practice it, not just occasionally, but daily. The Bible tells us that we should ask every day, give us this day our daily bread. That means I can't live on yesterday's prayer. I cannot exist on the prayers that I prayed a week ago, but I need the Lord to give me what I need today. Strengthen me with the things that I need at this moment. But the reason why we preach so much and talk so much about prayer is because through prayer we're able to touch the glory world. Through prayer we're able to touch heaven and escape the cares of this life. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10 and verse 13 states... There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Have you ever heard anybody say that the burdens of life are so strong and so heavy that I just don't know if I can bear it? Well, I want to tell you that nothing in the Lord when we're walking with him is unbearable because the Bible says that when that trial comes, that he is going to prepare for us also a way of escape. Can I suggest to you this morning that that way of escape is prayer. It's entering into that throne room of God and saying, Lord, I cannot deal with this by myself, but I need you to help me. I need your strength. I need your comfort. I need you to give me your peace. I can deal with this if you'll help me. You said that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And when we walk into that place of prayer, that secret place that the psalmist talked about, we can feel as we cast our cares upon him, As we pray to him about our burdens, as we unload ourselves in the presence of the Lord, we can feel, amen, the strength of the Lord. We can feel the help of God. Does anybody know what I'm talking about today? You know what it is to spend time in the sweet presence of the Lord. what it is to spend time in prayer. What a privilege. What an opportunity to walk into his presence. Amen. At any time he beckons us. At any time he invites us. At any time we can enter there into the presence of the Lord and feel the peace of God. And escape. Escape the cares of this world. There are cares that are adversarial to the word of God being productive in our life. There are, there are cares that are adversarial to the will of God being done in our life. The Bible gives us a lesson about a sower that went out to sow and he went forth and some of the seed that he began to broadcast fell upon good ground. But it also gives us an illustration that there was some that fell upon thorny ground. And the thorns, as it would grow up, the seed began to grow up. It was good seed, but as it began to grow up, the Bible tells us that those thorns begin to choke the life and the growth and the productivity out of that good seed that was growing. And Jesus said that these thorns represented the cares of life. And they will choke out the benefit and the blessing and the productivity of the Word of God if we allow it to in our lives. Amen. You need to make up your mind that I'm not going to allow the cares of life to drag me down. I'm not going to let the pettiness of life drag me down. I'm not going to let the burdens of life drag me down, the busyness of life drag me down and separate me from God. I'm not going to allow the temporal to compete with the eternal. I'm not going to allow the finite to compete with the infinite. But I am going to stay in that place of prayer. Amen. I'm going to stay in that place with God in his presence. That's where I'm recharged. That's where I receive strength. Amen. That's where I put on my holy armor is in the presence of almighty God. Amen. Whatever you have need of here today, I want to emphasize to you. I want to underscore the fact today that prayer is always an option. No matter how bad it gets, no matter how strong the forces of hell are in your life, that prayer is always an option. You can always appeal. You can always call on the name of the Lord in prayer. Praise God. Praise God. Let's clap our hands to him. Give him thanks right now. But this world, it's perishing. It's dying. It's in the, progress of the process of digression. This world, the scripture said, will eventually melt with a fervent heat. But there's coming a day that we all, Amen, those of us that are part of the bride of Christ all get to go to heaven where there's no more dying, where there's no more death, there's no more destruction, there's no more corruption. I'm talking about a pure city. I'm talking about immortal bodies. I'm talking about a body that's taken on the incorruptible. So pure that city is that I believe that it can only be seen through the Spirit. It can only be seen through the Holy Ghost. I don't want to get too heavy here, but the Scripture does say in John 3 and 3, Jesus speaking, except the man be born again, he cannot see, see the kingdom of God. He goes on to say that he cannot enter the kingdom of God in John 3 and 5. Jesus here speaking to Nicodemus. He's talking about a spiritual transformation that takes place in a person's life. And Nicodemus didn't understand really what he was talking about. He was thinking of the physical. He was thinking only in the natural. He was saying, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb? And Jesus said, verily, verily, or truly, truly, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You cannot enter that city in corruptible flesh that is prone to sin, that is prone to iniquity. That's why the Bible talks about on that great getting up morning that there's going to be a transformation that's going to take place in our physical bodies. Amen. We're not going to be as we are right now. We're not going to be susceptible to the same things that we're susceptible to right now. Amen. We're susceptible to disease right now. But when we make that transformation, we're not going to be susceptible to the diseases of this world. There'll be no fear of cancer. There'll be no fear of leukemia. There'll be no fear of viruses that break out in the world. Amen. Because we've taken on immortality. There's a spiritual transformation and we've taken on the incorruptible. We will be much like the angels in heaven. The Bible tells us that there would be no marrying or giving in marriage. But we will be married to that heavenly groom. Amen. And the reason why that we marry in this world, or at least one of the reasons is, is to teach us a lesson. To teach us about what is to come. Because the Bible says husbands love your wives as Christ does the church and gave himself for it. But something is going to happen. Something is going to transpire that's going to change things as we know it right now. We're going to take on eternal bodies. Not subject to death. The Bible tells us that we are given three score and 10 or 70 years, and some, uh, by reason of strength, are able to go further than that, the Scripture says. And I'm thankful, and I certainly, if the Lord should not come, I want to live a long and productive life, as many of you do. But I'm going to tell you that when we take on that immortality, things are going to change. We get a little insight from the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 13. He said, Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly. But then, but then, and I'm looking forward to that time. But then, face to face. Now I know in part, but when shall I know even as also I am known. The scripture is telling us here that tongues are going to cease. Why is that? Why is that? Because that is speaking of the gifts of the spirit here. He said prophecy is going to fail. In other words, there's not going to be any need of the gift of tongues. There's not going to be any need for the gifts of the spirit because they are for the perfecting of the saints. And we will have been perfected through the power of God when that transformation happens. We'll be on that other side. We will have slipped through that veil that stands between the temporal and the eternal. We'll be on the other side. There'll be no mysteries there. Amen. There'll be no mysteries in heaven. There will be, everyone will have wisdom. Everyone will have knowledge. Everyone will know as they have been known. They will have complete understanding. Amen. The reason why we sorrow many times in this earth is because we don't have understanding of the eternal. We don't have understanding of what God knows. We we grieve the loss of people that have passed from this life and we have sorrow, but we don't understand that God, he never makes a mistake, and he knows why it happened, and he knows why it took place. We have sorrow many times because of things that we have to go through, because we lack understanding. But the Bible said on that other side, we're going to have understanding. We're going to know. We're going to understand it as the song says by and by we're going to have complete knowledge of what is going on amen right now we have heartache because why we see through a glass darkly we can only get just a little bit we can only see shadows and types and figures on the other side but now that we've been translated into glory we're going to see things differently it's going to look differently when we get on the other side of that shadowy fog glass and we're able to look upon him face to face when we see things from heaven's point of view we'll understand it better I said we'll understand it better I come to comfort somebody here today don't stop don't quit don't stop believing don't stop having faith don't stop praying don't stop walking you're going to understand it when you get on the other side as I preach about heaven I have to wonder why anybody would want to miss that place. I don't, want, I don't want anybody to go to hell. In fact, I want to make it as difficult as it can possibly be for everyone that passes through the doors of this church to go to hell. Praise God. I want to make it difficult. And if you go to hell, it's not going to be an easy task You're going to have to crawl over a lot of sermons and testimonies and prayers and conviction and godly examples to go to that place. There'll be multiple roadblocks on your road to hell. And there'll be plenty of opportunities to get things right with God. Amen. Because my Bible tells me that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all I don't find any exceptions with that all should come to repentance praise God oh but I love talking about heaven I don't like to belabor and talk and dwell upon the negative in hell I know it's a real place but I like to talk about the opportunity of going to heaven I like to talk about it's purity I like to talk about it's sacredness it's undefiledness it's holiness, it's cleanliness, it's godliness, but the Bible does say in our text this morning that there was once war there, there was once a conflict that took place in heaven, that's right, we enjoy the freedoms of America, how many enjoys living in this great land, and I'm thankful and I tip my hat and salute every veteran and every person that has fought for our nation's freedom we appreciate that amen but some of those wars maybe not in our lifetime but we enjoy freedom here and thank god that most of the wars and the battles that goes on these days are not within our borders but they're in foreign lands and the reason why we go there and fight is because we don't want them to come to our borders but there was a day in times in history where there was war right here on the soil of America. This place of freedom, the greatest country in all the world. This place where we feel so safe and we feel so protected in the very thought of there being battle on the streets of our city and wars and and t- tanks and and men with guns walking up and down the neighborhoods. That's that's unthought of. Why Because there once was a war right here in the United States. There's battlegrounds that you can visit and places that you can go. Can I tell you that there was also war according to the word of God? And I read it this morning. There was war in heaven. What is now pure and holy, undefiled and godly and sinless and wholesome. There was once devils and demons and spirits evil spirits that wanted to take heaven over. They wanted the influence. They wanted the power. And the angels of the Lord, the scripture says, fought with the angels of darkness. And the Lord cast them out. This place of peace, this place of safety, this place that is pure from all of that was once a war zone. And I came to preach to somebody here this morning that feels like perhaps you're in the middle of a war zone. Maybe you feel like you're fighting for your life. And the areas and the battlegrounds that you're fighting on, it seems like it it shouldn't be like this. Uh, I should not be fighting this battle here. I should not be dealing with this as I am. I should not be facing this challenge and going through this conflict. And I, I just want to preach about it here this morning, if I may. I want to preach to people that, that look at your home and that's supposed to be a place of peace and that's supposed to be a place of joy. And right here at the holiday time, it's supposed to be a place of celebration. It's supposed to be a place of happiness. But you must admit, and it's, it's more spiritual than it is physical. I'm not just preaching about uh, uh, the normal pace of life and the things and the routines of life. But I'm talking about a spiritual encounter. I'm talking about spiritual conflict. I'm talking about being engaged spiritually. There is a war that is going on. Amen, it's trying to destroy your marriage. It's trying to rip apart your family. It's trying to destroy and separate the things that God has blessed you with and given to you. trying to bring the home down and it's shaking the family is at its very foundation. One misunderstanding has led to another misunderstanding. One miscommunication leads to another miscommunication. And before you know it, it feels like there's tension. It feels like there's stress. It feels like there's pressure on every side. But I want to encourage you in the Holy Ghost this morning that there was also war in heaven. And if you'll hold on, and if you keep fighting, if you keep the faith, and that never stop believing. God is going to cast that spirit down. God is going to give you victory over that conflict. God is going to strengthen the foundation of your family. Don't give up, sir. Don't give up, ma'am. Keep believing God because God is going to give you victory. Oh, lift up your voice and let's praise the Lord this morning. Man, why we're dealing with the family, maybe it's war with your children. Amen. You 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 stood for things, you believe things, you've trusted in God, and you got war. Amen. You think that they may be doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's drugs, maybe it's fornication. Maybe, whatever it is, there's war. You feel the struggle. You feel the conflict. Maybe it's nothing that is spoken. Maybe on the surface, amen, everything seems to be fine or you try to make it that way. But you know deep down things are not what they're supposed to be. You know that things are not where they're supposed to be at. You know that things are not right. Amen. There's war. Can I tell you it's a spiritual battle. Amen. That spirit has got a hold on them. And it's not time for you to back up. It's not time for you to throw in the towel. It's not time for you to call a truce. It's time for you to plead the blood. It's time for you to pray. It's time for you to keep living the life. Keep standing strong. Keep being faithful. Because the Bible said there was also war in heaven. And God cast him out hallelujah, maybe I'm preaching to somebody and I'm going to get down to really where we're living. Maybe there's a battle that's going on between your ears. There's a battle that's in your mind. Amen. Devil's beating you up emotionally, mentally, turning you ever which way but loose. The Bible tells us in our text that he is the accuser of the brethren. It's like he stands before God as he did with Job and he brings up every hideous thing. He brings up everything that's beneath the blood and tries to throw it in the face of God. And God, amen, the Bible says... That the Lord has already cast it in the sea of forgetfulness. Never to be remembered again. In the book of Isaiah, he cast it behind his back. His eyes are not on your mistakes. His eye he's not looking at your problems. He's not looking at your past. He's not looking at what you used to be. He's not looking at the multiple failures of your life. But he's looking at the future. He's looking at what your potential is. What you can be. Hallelujah! But the only tool that he has to work with, and I believe that he does have a certain amount of access to each of our minds, he can put things in your mind. He can deal with you. Amen. He can try to trip you up. He can try to lure you. He can try to tempt you in your mind. He can put images in your mind. Amen. He can try his very best to speak in your mind. He can cause fear to come to your mind. He can cause worry to become to come to your mind. Can I tell you what fear is? It's the opposite of faith. I want to ask you, what's doubt, what's fear, and what's worry ever accomplished? Nothing. All it's done is take years off your life. All it's ever done is drag you down. All it's ever done is taken peace from your home and taken sleep from your eyes. Can I tell you that God is able to cast it down? Now There was war in heaven, but I'm going to tell you that God, God is able to cast it out and cast it down. Let's lift up our hands. Let's lift up our voices. Let's give praise to the Lord. Woo why don't you go ahead and stand with me right now I feel the Holy Ghost you say you don't know how I'm warring I'm reeling pastor I'm for lack of a better phrase I'm punch drunk Spiritually, I cannot see clearly. I've taken on so much, so much pressure, so much war. I took a pummeling from the enemy. Can I tell you that there was also war in heaven? Oh, but this place that is known for victory, this place that is known as the crowning reward. This place that is known for peace, and purity, and holiness, and godliness. There was once war, but that battle was won. And if God would say anything through his word to us today, he would say, if I won that battle, the battle of the ages, I can win your battle. I can win your battle. I can win your battle. I can be victorious in your situation. Can I just talk to you from the Word of God? He said there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. Sounds pretty formidable. The dragon fought against his angels and prevailed. Not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. This was a victory that lasted. This is a victory. This was ground that was taken that the devil could never get back. His place was taken away from him. His position in glory was taken away from him. And the great dragon was cast out, and the old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying, "In heaven, now, now is come salvation and strength, Somebody feel weak, in the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ, and the accuser of the brethren is cast down." which accused them before God day and night and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they loved not their lives unto death I just want to say in the spirit here today can anybody hear that voice I heard a loud voice crying now now is the day of salvation now is the day of victory Now is the day for overcoming. Now is the day for putting things under your feet. Now is the day for getting on top of it instead of it riding you. God is able today. Let's reach out to the Lord right now. Would you pray with me?